Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudliff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sadaf Lodi. And in today's episode is everything you need to know about intimacy slash sex coaching. Again, with the most awesome Dr. Sonia Wright. I'm so happy to have her on again. But before we get into it, the first thing we want you to know is this is not any type of medical advice. So if you're having any medical issues, please go see your healthcare provider. And if you have any religious issues, please speak with your friendly neighborhood religious leader. And this is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I am a Muslim woman who talks about sex. And a few things before we get started, I just want to let who Ira is listening to know to be sure to check out the retreat that I am hosting in at the end of May, May 19th through the 21st in New York. So please go on my link and uh, check it out. Also, if you're listening to this, leave me a review. Five stars is always appreciated. And if you want one-on-one coaching, uh, please go on my website and check it out. So without any further ado, I'd like to give the floor to Dr. Sonia Wright. And Dr. Wright, please, uh, if you don't mind, if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners um, that may not have heard you speak the first time. I don't always ask my guests to come back uh, because we have always so much to talk about, but you, know, you are a special person that I just love having on over and over again. So welcome and please feel free to introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for welcoming me back. I actually feel very honored to be here. I'm pretty honored to be able to talk about this. I am Dr. Sonia Wright. I'm a medical doctor. I'm a sexual counselor. I am a master certified life coach. And I also have some information about toys as well. So I kind of incorporate all that. And I am the midlife sex coach for women. And I'm here to help women in whatever way I can uh, improve or enhance their sexual life because I think that it's a it's an important part of our lives and it leads to a beautiful bonding with our partner as well. Absolutely, 100%. And I agree with you um, every step of the way. So I'd like to know, um, I know that some people, well, you know, as you know, we are approaching the month of February and it's the month of Valentine's Day and everyone kind of, you know, starts to think about love and intimacy and all those things. And I'm wondering if you could just uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, intimacy versus like just sex and um, what you think about the two. I think that sex, you can define sex any way you want to. Our society tends to define it in terms of physical a physical activity. And when I think about intimacy, I think of so much more. I think of the emotional support and the interconnection between people that supports and I don't know if I'd want to say validates, but definitely enhances the the sex or the sexual intimacy side of it. So I think that they kind of go together. I like to talk about sexual intimacy is based on a foundation of overall intimacy, which is based on a foundation of communication. So when we're talking about intimacy, I think of it as like 
the speaking, the language, the connection, and also the physical touch. And it could have both of those. It can be a heart connection. It could be a word connection. It could be a mind connection. But I think what the important aspect is the connection there. And it also involves a mutual respect. Yeah. I think that the, in order to have intimacy, there has to be a mutual respect, a loving connection, uh, a place where people feel safe, safe to express themselves and safe to um, to have physical inter interaction with each other. So I think intimacy is a beautiful thing. I think it's a lovely gift that we have been given um, and we get to enhance that with the sexual side of things as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, I like how you talked about the different aspects of intimacy. And I speak about that as well. You know, there's different, different types like emotional, intellectual, physical and spiritual. And there's so many different ways that a person can connect with another person. And really, intimacy in itself is just like a closeness or a togetherness that you feel with somebody. So I think there's so many different ways to do it in and out of the bedroom, right? I think there's uh, lots of ways that you can enhance that. So, you know, some of our listeners um, are, you know, don't have, um, let's say, I guess, physical intimacy prior to getting married. And so, you know, I think what I definitely would like to discuss with you is how you could advise somebody or how you would advise somebody that say is, you know, about to get married. Um, and, you know, in Islam, for us, sexual relations are only within uh, the context of marriage. So for somebody, and so prior to that, a lot of people don't have experience with physical intimacy. So what suggestions would you give to somebody that uh, is about to get married, is really nervous, doesn't really know what to do, you know, what to expect? What are some suggestions that you might give them? Yeah, there's, there's so many aspects of this. One aspect that I think is an important thing is that up until that point when you're married and you go into the other side, right? Um, we often have been given information about don't engage in sexual intimacy. It's only for marriage. And so we haven't necessarily, we don't know how to make that transition over to the other side. Mm -hmm. I would say give yourself time and patience. As we talked about, there is the physical side of it. There's also the emotional connection that goes. And the emotional connection and the physical connection will both grow as time goes on. It's important to be able to be as comfortable as you can. If that means that you ha are able to talk to your partner ahead of time and kind of get a sense of what you would uh, like to engage in at the beginning, you know, that's something, if you can have that conversation with each other, that that builds that trust, that connection and that intimacy. And that's kind of the first step. And then you can go from there and explore each other's bodies now that you're married and um, you have like the, um, what is the word that I want? <laughs> the the stamp of approval. <laughs> There's a better word for it, but that's kind of what I am. Like, just because you have the stamp of approval does not mean you have to rush into anything. Um, there's, there's nothing that says that you have the stamp and then boom, wham, bam, and it's done. You don't, it doesn't have to be like this. I think of sex and sexual intimacy as a beautiful gift and kind of a sacred, beautiful gift that we get to interact and, and share with another human being. And since it's this beautiful gift, I do come from a place of reverence and from a place of really, it is, it is a sacred act. It doesn't need to be rushed in any way. 
Um, and the more there can be communication and touch and enjoyment in this aspect of it and slow it down if it needs to so that people are feeling as comfortable as possible. And then also give yourself time because up until this point, uh, what you've heard is that you don't engage in sexuality. And it's hard to change your identity mm -hmm. in, a, in a millisecond where you go from being a non-sexual person to being a sexual person. And there's not a lot of discussion about how women get to be sexual, right? How do we give ourselves permission to be sexual when we have not been sexual previously? Right. And so this is about shifting our identity over time. And also, it's very important to know how you think and feel about sex and sexual intimacy. Sex yeah. and sexual intimacy, as I say, it's not a bad thing. It's just within your culture, if it's and religious beliefs, if it's something that you wait till after marriage, then that's fine. Like on the other side of marriage, we get to look at this as a beautiful gift and, and something in a positive light. And we get to work towards making that experience as possible as positive as possible. So this is kind of allow it to take whatever time it takes, have focus and see what your thoughts are around sex, because yeah. they might've been fear-based at one point in time. Mm -hmm. They might've been around the lines of taboo. They might've had negative connotations in the past, mm -hmm. but as you shift into your marriage and your union with this other person, then you get to let it have a different connotation. And that's the beautiful side of sex and sexual intimacy. Absolutely. A hundred percent, you know, and I talk about that a lot where you have to go from say like a negative mindset that you may have had or, you know, a sex negativity to a place where it's more sex positivity. Right. And how do you do that? You have to go and you have to change your mindset. You have to change your thoughts around it and then create that positivity so that you can engage in something so beautiful, I think. And also, oftentimes, I think that we don't allow ourselves like you said, permission, but also we judge ourselves, right? And we don't show ourselves enough compassion for when we start in something so new to us that we don't have any experience of. And all we see are the media images. So we think it should, you know, like intimacy, physical intimacy lo should look like something, but then it actually doesn't. And so then you, you think, well, maybe I failed or maybe I'm just not good. Or maybe I don't know what the heck I'm doing, you know, but it's, I think it, at that point is when it's really important to show yourself compassion. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like if you were learning to ride a bike, are you expected to get on the bike and just go from the beginning? Or is it a matter where you, you learn balance? You know, you learn how to go forward. You learn how to feel comfortable in different positions. Like all those things are, are similar uh, in terms of what we're talking about in this. It doesn't have to be something that right away. Um, but, and as the communication grows and the connection grows, I love the younger generation, honestly, because they're at a place that we weren't necessarily, right? No. They, I think they have a better understanding that it's a beautiful, natural thing and that it's a gift. And now it's a question of how do I incorporate this into my life, the next stage of my life? So I find that we learn so much from the next generation. And, and how they choose to look at things. And they can also learn a lot from us because we have kind of gone through that experience. We understand what a gift it can be. And so we can talk to each other and we can give that gift to the next generation of having it like, 
if we have a daughter, I have a, I have a 10 year old, right? At some point in time, she'll be 20, she'll be an adult, right? She will get married and she'll have questions for me about sex. I can choose how I, what gift I want to give my daughter in terms of sexuality. So I can give her the gift of knowing that this is a natural process. I can give her the gift of knowing that this is a blessing in her life. I can give her those gifts. So when we're at our generation, I think my generation is a little older than yours, we get to choose what we want to hand down to the next generation and they get to choose what gets handed down to the very next generation. So we can still have our belief system and still have our value system and we can introduce the topic and the subject in a positive light for them and, and, and say, yes, this is something within our culture and our beliefs that we wait until marriage because it's a sacred thing within our marriage. But it is a beautiful thing. It will bring your marriage so much joy. And then we also get to let them know that the media and whatever is out there, that is just like entertainment and a caricature of what reality is. And so they don't need to look at something in the media or on TV or wherever, and they think that it's going to be absolutely wonderful. And and three seconds later, like fireworks are going off and everything like that. Right, right exactly. Absolutely. So we get to let them understand that um, it's a slow process. And like your partner, like what they say in the movies or wherever, this is individuals who have different bodies, different types, different ways of doing things. Get to know your partner. Right. Get to understand that and take the time and understand that um, this gets to be a beautiful thing. Um, you get to have pleasure with this. And there's just so much joy that's involved with it. Absolutely. And we know that there's so many studies that have shown that one of the key factors in female sexual satisfaction is the number one thing that they say is communication. So communication is what results in women being satisfied in their sexual relationships. You know, also something that you bring up and I think is very important is the sex positivity that we create that we then transmit to our children, right? So even if we grew up in, say, like a community or a culture where it was very sex negative, you know, it's our decision to change that perspective so that we can then communicate a more positive perception of sex, right? Sex positivity to our children so that they then can also transmit that sex positivity. You know, oftentimes people ask me like, what about when somebody experiences vaginismus, right? So you grow up and you have like, say like some sex negativity and you're not sure, and then you get married and then all of a sudden now you start experiencing vaginismus, you know, what would you tell that individual? So, you know, First, I always say, like, you start with your gynecologist or your doctor, right? And you get checked out for that. Um, if you have access to pelvic floor physical therapy, that's something that's very important as well. And so there's the physical component where you will get your body used to relaxing. So vaginismus is like a spasming of the tightening of the pelvic floor musculature. And people don't realize that this is such a thing, right? They think that they've heard that the pelvic floor muscles can be loose or weak, but they don't necessarily know that they can be extra strong, especially if you're growing up in an environment where you've been taught that sex is not necessarily good or it could be painful or, or any of those things, or you come into the experience from a place of fear. So the first half of it is to uh, work on the physical side of it with, with your doctor, with the pelvic floor uh, uh, 
physical therapist if you're able to. But the other side is to look at what your thoughts are. The other side is to look and see what you're thinking around this time. And it's very important. Honestly, when I work with people around uh, vaginismus, I actually take penetration off the table. Uh, off the bedroom, out of the bedroom, whatever you want to say. I don't necessarily have the penetration because we want to stop the pain. As soon as we have pain associated with sex, there's so many levels of protection that our mind and body will put up that it does not get better just by, quote unquote, pushing through it or something like that. So we stop that side. We make sure the trust is there. We make sure the communication, the talking is so important. We focus on under women understanding their bodies and what their pelvic floor musculature does and how to relax that. And then we, um, depending on what country we're in, we have different things that the physical therapist could use to help to relax the muscles and the pelvic muscles. And so we focus on that work. And then we also focus on the trust creating, I call it creating a zone of sexual safety where we can talk to our partner about things where we know that, um, that we have a say in the matter, um, where we can uh, be in a little bit more control in terms of penetration and things like that. So those are important aspects of it all. And then we make sure that there's no pain and we, we work through that in, in a number of different ways. Yeah, no, that's, that's very comprehensive. And I think that that's, um, you know, a very good way to start out, especially with you know, vaginism is very common, I think. And that's something also that you know, listeners should understand that it's very common. And, you know, it's a lot of times, even just the thought of having like a pelvic exam, or even putting a tampon in or anything that's penetrative, um, causes a lot of fear, and causes those muscles to tense up. So like Dr. Wright was saying that, you know, first of and foremost, you need to get checked out, make sure, you know, with your gynecologist that there's nothing anatomical going on. And of course, then working with a pelvic floor therapist. And I think, to be honest, I think the most important thing actually is working with your thoughts and getting those right and working through those and how you feel about that and having that communication with your partner and letting them know when something doesn't feel right and when something's okay to continue. So I think that's very important. Um, you know, how would you say that sensate focus, and I'm not sure if people know what that is, but how would you say that fits in with somebody that might be experiencing vaginismus? Yeah, that sensate focus, it, it's a structured uh, way of connecting, introducing touch, and then going from touch to becoming um, a little bit more physical and taking your clothes off and slowly over a period of time getting to this place where you would be having sexual intimacy. So, um, I think sensate focus is great. And I also think that I just like the concept of introducing uh, the touch and the connection. Sometimes when we get focused on the period of time and then we start focusing, are we doing this right? And we have a schedule of things that should be done and how it should be done. That also leads to more performance anxiety. And now you've added another layer uh, from how you have to do sensate focus on top of how you should be engaging in sexual intimacy overall. So I do love the idea of the introducing the touch, but I also like it in the context of um, communication and figuring out what's best for the couple. Um, definitely introducing the touch, I think, is very important. I also love the fact that it gives you a systematic way of um, slowly going from being completely clothed and, and getting close to each other to slowly making that transition um, to where uh, you are connecting and you're having sexual intimacy. 
Absolutely. And I think that is probably a great way for somebody that's never been intimate before to get started with intimacy, whether it's physical. And usually we're talking about physical intimacy. Like you said, Sensate Focus focuses on touch. And so I think that's good for somebody, especially if they feel very uh, inhibited and or perhaps nervous or scared. I think that's a great way to introduce touch to somebody. And um, especially, you know, if that's something that the, a person may be interested in, say, like for their wedding night or something like that, I think that way you slowly build up to the point where you're able to become more intimate with your partner. So I think that that, you know, I agree with you. I think that's a great way to introduce that. Now, um, I actually have a question for you. When uh, you're talking about sensate focus, it's normally something that's done over an extended period of time. So are you suggesting that they start before the wedding night or are you suggesting that they start from the wedding night on just so that I have a better idea of what you think, how it would work in the context of religious and culture? Sure, sure. So it would have it would it would start after after the wedding. Yeah, because there really isn't supposed to be uh, any physical touch uh, prior to the wedding. So once you're married, then, you know, touch is allowed in in all senses of the word. So. Yeah, and I, I love that, that it's just slow and systematic and a nice way of doing that and introducing it so that you're building that trust between each other. You're building that physical connection and touch between each other in a non-threatening, scary way, because like a lot of women might um, be afraid, you know, they're not sure what the, that first night is going to be like. So this allows it to be a little bit calmer nice pace and and to slowly introduce different aspects so yes absolutely absolutely and i think that you know a lot of times women will listen to other women and you know hear them say oh it's really painful or it's going to be awful or this and that and so i think that causes a lot of inhibition and fear for the first night so i think that you know if you give yourself time if you allow you know things to build up slowly then slowly that fear will hopefully dissipate and, uh, you know, the person may feel more comfortable to engage in physical intimacy. So I think that that's absolutely awesome. So for anyone that um, is considering, you know, is going to get married and then is thinking maybe about intimacy coaching, both you and I are sex intimacy coaches, you know, what would you tell a woman um, about getting coaching before she gets married or, you know, for somebody that might be interested? Yeah, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a wonderful thing for women to do individually. And also, if um, if they're interested as a couple, if they're able to have discussions ahead of time, because we're also forgetting that the partner is going through their own concerns and worries. They may be worried that they may be hurting their wife in some way. They may be worried that there's certain things that they're supposed to be able to do um, and they may not know how to pleasure their wife. There, there's certain things that they may be having concerns about as well. And so having discussions and conversations, I think, is an important thing. And uh, when we're talking about intimacy coaching, we are about giving people a safe space, giving women a safe space to have these conversations, to ask whatever questions that they may kind of be afraid to ask somebody else or they don't exactly, or admit fears that they have. They may not be able to talk to somebody about that. And this is a great place to do that. We get to talk to people. Uh, we help them set boundaries and have conversations. Uh, like I, I, and I focus a lot on, um, 
for me, it's very important to honor a person's culture and the religious beliefs. I am not here to change anything about that. But what I am here to do is to help them see that this is this is a blessing overall and how it gets incorporated. They like I am the guide, but they're the ones that make the decision and choose how they want to bring sex and sexuality into their life and into their relationship. So the beautiful thing about being a coach is I don't give, I don't have a criteria or a set thing that I'm imposing on somebody else, right? They come to me, they may have a problem, they may have a goal, and, and then they tell me what is important in their lives. And then we work together to help them get to that goal. I love that. I love how you say that, you know, you are their guide, because I think that's, that's exactly what we are, right? We don't tell people what to do or how it should be or what it should look like, but it's more just guiding them and allowing people to ask questions and allowing them to basically uncover what their thoughts are. And then if they are negative thoughts or thoughts that aren't serving them, right, we help them to break it down and then move more toward thoughts that actually serve them. And it's always with coaching, it's always about moving, how do you move forward, right? In that relationship, if they're stuck and they're not sure how to move forward, um, you know, it's always about moving forward. So I think that that's great. Any uh, last outgoing tips that you may want to give somebody that is interested in intimacy coaching, um, you know, how they can reach you, where you can be found? Oh, yeah. You can always find me on my website, soniarightmd.com. That's the easiest place to find me. You can always email me at sonia at soniarightmd.com. I'm definitely here in whatever way you need help. Uh, I think that the work that we both do is just, uh, it's amazing. It's an honor for us to help women. We need more people that are able to to normalize sex and sexual intimacy and take it out of the realm of taboo and realize that we were made for this. And this is part of something we get to incorporate into our life. And this is like an extra added bonus in our relationships. And so we, our job is to help you in whatever way we can. So you can realize that pleasure and connection. I always talk about pleasure, connection, and satisfaction. And really that's what it is all about when we're talking about um, sex and sexual intimacy and putting it into your life and your perspective in whatever way it works for you. So thank you. Yeah, I love what you said that we were made for this. And, you know, that's 100% true. And especially in Islam, we believe that marriage is half of our faith. And there's a reason for that, right? And so that we can satisfy our urges and our desires within the context of our religion and within marriage. And so, you know, when you say we were made for this, you're a hundred percent right, because that's, that's true. And that's what, uh, in Islam and, you know, before I went on my own journey about through this, I didn't even know that Islam was a very sex positive religion. And then when I realized that, you know, it's almost like you're able to give yourself permission because you know that the religion itself is very sex positive. So thank you. I appreciate all your insight and you are such a wealth of knowledge and I really appreciate you coming on again. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And well, we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you're having any issues, uh, please speak with your medical provider. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsadaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast.